Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. So how are you today? How's life treating you? How are you experiencing life, I think is a better question. So as I said last week, this whole quarter is going to be different, random. There's no theme like I usually have for a period of time. I just got, I've got several topics that were important for me to cover for you. And I've got several guests that are going to be coming on in this uh, July, August, and September. So I'm super excited about sort of the randomness of topics that I really wanted to present to you. And today I want to talk about job, passion, proficiency, and profitability. So I did a career passion seminar recently and and introduced kind of this concept and we talked about a lot of other things, but one of them was the importance of these three things in career satisfaction and in job satisfaction. For this purpose, I'm going to use the words job and career interchangeably because what works for one works for the other. And these are three basic needs that everybody has. So you may have additional needs you probably do for your job. There's additional things you have. You need your creativity to be um, utilized or you need to be able to solve problems. But these three basic things sort of are, are at the bottom of the, of the pyramid in terms of needs for job. Passion, proficiency, and profitability. So I want to talk about these three and then what happens if one of these things are missing in your job. So let's kind of break these down. So first we've got passion. So this is really about you being engaged with the work that you're doing in order to be fulfilling. So I always think about, and and I don't mean to, to disparage because for Vanna White, this may be a very meaningful job, but when I talk about job passion, I always think sort of of the opposite of the Vanna White you know, all she does is stand there and turn letters that actually turn by themselves uh, when she's not around or when she doesn't, when they don't want her to do it. So she kind of has this superfluous job. And she, again, she may get passion from her job in other aspects of it. But when I think about the work itself, um, it doesn't seem like anything that you could find much passion about. But this is really about you having an outlet for your motivated skills. And I've done other podcast on motivated skills. I've got an exercise that I can send you on motivated skills so you can figure out what yours are. But these are these things that you're very good at and you enjoy doing. And the more that you have these skills present in your work, the more motivated you're going to be to do the work. The opposite of that is burnout skills. So these are the things that you're good at but don't enjoy doing. And the more you're called upon to do those in your job, the more burnout you're going to be. You could talk, I could interview a hundred people who say they're passionate about the job, their job, and I would get a hundred responses to the question, what are you passionate about? So there is no one thing that people are passionate about. The important thing is that they're passionate. So if it's the product or service that your company sells, you're passionate about the company itself, you're passionate about your coworkers, you're passionate about certain tasks that you get to do, you're passionate about your role and the and the contribution that you make to the company, whatever it is, that passion is so important because we as a human species 
require and seek passion in the work we do. We don't want to just be robots. And that's really the alternative is, um, and I've had jobs like this, and I bet you have too, where I've gotten up in the morning and, you know, kind of let me check my body to see if I can find something wrong with it so I can call into work sick. And I can remember having a job that I sat in the parking lot in my car because I had to sort of steal myself to go in and deal with what I had to deal with at that work. And so the opposite of that is really that passion piece. So the next one is proficiency. So we as a human species have a need, a basic need to feel proficient in the work we do. So whether you are, you know, filling totes for a CVS drugstore to go off to a retail location, you're planning a fundraising campaign for a local YMCA, or you're teaching young people to read, whatever it is, you can really only enjoy a job at which you have a basic level of proficiency. Now that proficiency is a moving target. So what level of proficiency is required to get the job is certainly not the level of proficiency required to keep the job, which is certainly not the level of proficiency required to get promoted from that job into the next job. So there's always that growth, that learning, that development that needs to go on. But at whatever level you're at, there is proficiency required. Even with the most basic job out there, there is some level of proficiency that is required. And without it, there's going to be a, a frustration in the job if you, you know, even get the job in the first place. The next one is profitability. So we most often are going to think about profitability in terms of owning your own business. You know, you've got this much coming in, this much going out, and then is the, is the, the leftover number a positive number or a negative number? And if it's positive, that's profit. But it can also apply to your employment. You, so your paycheck is whatever it is. Your living expenses are whatever they are, and what's left is your profit. Hopefully that is also a positive number. So the idea here is you're kind of putting your job title, or if you're thinking about changing jobs, your aspirational job title, your level of experience, your education, and the geog geographic location in which you live all into a blender, and out comes a reasonable expectation of income, right? So what job am I doing? Where am I doing it? What level At what level am I doing it? So does that number allow you to live in a reasonable amount of comfort. So we're not talking about rich here, but we're talking about I can pay my bills, I can live, and what is considered comfortable and what is considered kind of profit is going to vary widely from individual to individual. So you have to think about things like are you paying off a lot of student loan debt? Do you live in a high cost of living city? Do you have a car or will need to buy a car for the location that you live in? These are all things that are going to affect your, your bottom line. And I always teach my clients to go into salary ne negotiations with three numbers. So you want the number, first of all, what's the number I want to end up with? So I've done my research. I look, I'm looking at the geographic region, the job, and, and I'm coming up, as I said, I'm putting all that in the blender, and I'm coming up with an ideal salary number. So let's just say that that number is 100000 so then my next number is where do I want to start the negotiation? So if I'm asked to throw out the first pitch, how much will it take to get you here? Where do I want to start so that I can hopefully end up at 100? Because what's going to happen is I'm going to start high, they're going to start low. We want to end up at 100,000. So do I need to start at 110? Do I need to start at 120 so that I can end up at 100? The third number is your walk away number. So based on, again, all that stuff you stuck in the blender, what is too small of an amount of money for you to make for this job? 
the amount at which you need to walk away and hold out for another job because you will be dissatisfied from day one. You know, if you take a position, you feel under, like you've been undervalued, you can't pay your bills, you're from jump looking for, you know, job number two, it's probably a better idea to hold out and wait for something else. So you can also get kind of creative about how to make your your situation more profitable. So I also want you to think about things like having a roommate, you know, can I ride share instead of owning my own vehicle? Um, or can I, you know, carpool with people so that my commute expenses are lowered? Those are all ways that you can make your job more profitable. Because again, if we're thinking about the one number is what's coming in, your net income, the second number is what's going out, and you want that third number to be a positive number, and maybe you have in mind how much you'd like it to be based on the savings that you want to do or, you know, pots of money that you want to create for travel or, or, or a new home down the road, whatever it is, then what are the ways that you can reduce that second number, what's going out, in order that that, that, that bottom number will be higher? All right, so let's talk now about what happens if one of those ingredients is missing, if either the passion, the proficiency, or the profitability is missing from the equation. What does that look like? Well, if you have passion for your work and you are proficient at it, but you are not making a profit, then it is a hobby. Now, I run into this a lot with entrepreneurs who start a business, they leave a maybe a fairly good paying job because there's this thing they're very passionate about and they're very good at it, but they either don't have the business skills, don't have the marketing skills, don't know how to ask for the sale, whatever the piece is that's missing for them. They don't have enough confidence in themselves and their ability to, to provide a great service. They undersell, whatever it is, but they're not making money. So consistently year after year, there's a negative number when they, the income minus the expenses creates a negative number. So they have a hobby, or as we sometimes call it in entrepreneurial worlds, a jobby. But this can also apply to people who work, right? So if I go back to that previous example, if I don't have that walkaway number, or I disregard my walkaway number, and I take a position that pays far less than what I'm worth and what I can reasonably expect to, in, to earn, then I have essentially created a hobby for myself. And it's an expensive hobby because it is taking my time. I'm, I'm, you know, if I look at it on an hourly wage, I'm making nothing per hour, basically, very little. And I am robbing myself of the opportunity to look for a better paying job. Now, what happens if I am very good at what I do and I'm making money at it, but there's no passion? I'm not passionate about the work. Well, that's going to equal boredom. I see this one a lot with more experienced clients who come to me, right? So they may have had a level of passion about their work back in the day, but now they've lost that. They're very good at it. It's become kind of rote, and there's just no passion for it, and they're making a really good living. So they want to find something else that will reignite their passion, and sometimes they want to make a pretty significant career change, but of course, if they're making really good money and they want to pivot and do something else, it can mean a pay cut. So we have to have that conversation about what can they actually live on, going back to those three numbers, what can they live on based on savings and whatever else they have going on in their life so that they can make this pivot but they are, they are bored because there's just no passion for the work. 
And then what if you have passion, you're really passionate about it, and you're making good money, but there's no proficiency there? Well, that equals failure. You just can't do the work you were hired to do. So I see this often in promotions in a company. So there's something called the Peter Principle, right? So people are raised to the highest level of incompetence. So they were very good at, uh, you know, making widgets, let's just say. And now they're hired to supervise the widget makers. Well, they are, they're not good supervisors. They don't have those leadership skills. And maybe they don't even really want to be a leader. But it seems like the logical thing. They can make more money supervising the widget makers. And all of a sudden, they're struggling with proficiency on the job. So sometimes you can train for a lack of proficiency if you identify it, right? So sometimes even going in, if they say, hey, we want you to take this promotion and you can recognize right off the bat, hey, this is where I'm going to lack in this job. This is where I'm going to be not proficient. Then you can strategize with your boss about, okay, I'll take the job. Here's the training that I'm going to need. Here's the additional help that I'm going to need in order to become proficient in this area that I haven't had experience with before. I also see this with entrepreneurs who lack proficiency in a certain area of business. So they're, you know, they're really good at, they're passionate about the thing, right? And maybe they're making money right off the bat. But if they're not proficient in the work if or proficient in a certain part of the business, that's going to catch up with them. So if they have no business skills and they don't seek that expertise externally or they don't know how to market their business and they don't seek to learn that. They don't know how to make the sale, close the sale. They don't know how to manage expenses. Those lacks of proficiency will eventually equal failure in their business. So the bottom line here is you want to look for jobs that ignite your passion, those for which you have the necessary proficiency, and that are suitably profitable. If you're in a situation now that's missing one of those ingredients, then I want you to get busy problem solving that before it is solved for you, which could mean a termination, it could be mounting financial trouble, or it could be kind of that desire to pull your covers up over your head in the morning and see if you can't find something wrong with you, as I uh, said that happened to me in the past. So as I said, those are the basic human needs upon which you can build other requirements that you have for your job. I always think of these things in terms of negotiables and non-negotiables, right? So in the example I used to use when I was in higher education was one of my, my negotiables would be I'd really like an office with a window. It would be really great to be able to open up a window, let in fresh air, or at least see what's going on in the world. It is not a non-negotiable for me. I'm, I'm not, it's not that I'm going to turn a job down that I'm really interested in just because there's no window in my office. But there were certain things that were non-negotiable, and you want to know what those are for yourself. At the bottom of that, for everyone, is passion, proficiency, and profitability. So am I passionate about this work that I'm applying for that they're asking me to do? Do I have a sufficient level of proficiency to be successful at this work? And does this meet with my financial requirements based on the work that they're asking me to do, my level of experience in education, and the geographic region in which I'm asked to do the work? Those are the basic things I want to make sure you have in your job. So I hope this has been helpful. As always, I'm a broken record, I know. I want you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. We're getting a lot of good press about this podcast and we've won two top 10 awards this year super excited about that and so hey tell your friends rate review and subscribe and also 
ask me a question. Let me be your career coach. Shoot me an email, lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find, I'm easy to find, Lisa Edwards. Make sure you spell my first name right. And I'm on Instagram at lisa.edwards. And you can find me on Facebook at Exclusive Career Coaching. So I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.